enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of the Cape Elizabeth Church of the Nazarene. We welcome you to join us in a study of God's Word today. May God open your heart and mind as you listen to the eternal truths found in His Word. In the midst of a sermon series about being people of grace, and today we're talking just a little bit about uh, the difficulty of being a disciple. It is indeed difficult to be a disciple today. We live in a very busy and stressful world. If, if I ask someone how they're doing, I most often get one of two responses. One of them is, oh, well, I'm keeping busy because we are indeed a busy people and often find ourselves saying, okay, I have way more to do and I've got to keep doing it. Or someone will just say, oh, I'm fine which is really just a shorthand way of saying, I'm too busy to talk about it. (laughs) And so we are filled with plenty going on. And even in our own little church world here in the last week, we were pretty busy between a funeral and a remembrance moment, a board meeting and a small group and a conversation group. Then after that, I had a missionary meeting with some other pastors and all that planning for uh, an event that would just get canceled. And so, so like it was just, uh, it, it, was, it was a pretty busy week, but we have those kinds of moments where it just seems like the projects are unending and, the, and, and there's always things pulling us one way or another. And even in scripture, we find that um, uh, the church often has things going on, things that it's struggling with, things that are pulling at it and stressing it, and things that they need to be about in order to, to combat that. I mean, even the scriptures that we read today, you have walking through the valley uh, of the shadow of death, and you have, oh, if people are hurling insults uh, at you, uh, the same thing has happened to Jesus. You have watch out for those who are sneaking into the pen from another way. You have these kind of uh, throughout Scripture, there's these pictures of moments of struggle, w- moments of worry, of, of how is God going to answer in this situation. And the passage I'm going to read to you t- for today in Acts chapter 2 paints an entirely different picture. It's an ideal picture. It's, if you will, a heavenly picture. It kind of shows the way the church is supposed to be. It paints its own picture, kind of like the state of Maine paints the picture in their tourism advertisement. Maine, it's the way life should be. (laughs) Acts is kind of, uh, in this selection that I've chosen for today, it, it is a selection that shows this is the way life is supposed to be. This is how the church is supposed to function. And and so I'm going to start reading for you at uh, verse 42 in Acts chapter 2. And uh, this comes right after Pentecost, right after the Spirit is poured out. And I'll give that background here in a moment. And then it goes like this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. Well, they'd sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. 
This is the picture after the Holy Spirit appears to the disciples. When Jesus had been with them, he said, I'm not always going to be here, but the Holy Spirit is going to come. And they were told to wait, and they wait, and they're praying, and they're, they're asking for God's help. Now that you know Jesus has been crucified, and he's been raised, and, and gone back to heaven, they're wondering, okay, what happens next? And while they're waiting, in a moment, the, the scriptures tell us that the Holy Spirit came, and it felt like a fire, and looked like tongues of fire coming down from heaven, and they realized immediately that they are able to communicate to each other in all the various languages of the land. They are given the gift to share who Jesus is in their life to those around them. And, and the people hear this and they go, wait a minute, what? What is this that we're hearing? They start to laugh. They think this is kind of strange. And Peter begins to speak to them. He says, let me tell you the story of Jesus. And he says in a very uh, abbreviated way, here's Jesus, the fulfillment of all our promises, the fulfillment of everything that we ever desired. And he lived with us, and he lived among us. And we who are afraid of death and afraid of uh, destruction, he died, but yet God raised him from the dead. And this is our hope as well. And the people hear this from Peter, and they get excited. And they begin to repent. You see, he finds, he speaks to them about one of their hopes and about one of their fears and uh, says, Jesus is that hope, and he answers that fear. He ends up quoting from a psalm. Now, when he quotes from the psalm, this is, of course, a, a scripture verse for them, something very meaningful for them, but the psalms are also their songs. Uh, a part of their worship. Uh, to pray through or sing through the Psalms would have been a, a part of their worship experience. And so when we sing, the words that we sing become either words that we hold on to and say, yes, this is my prayer. Yes, is this, this is my testimony before God. That, that, that's on a good day when we're singing. We're like, yes, this is, this is who I am. This is what I'm saying. On a bad day when we sing those words, sometimes we sing those words, and and it's a prayer, it's a hope. God, I hope that these words will indeed be my words someday. So for instance, we can sing it as well. On a great day, we can say, yes, God has seen me through some terrible things, and I know that he is with me today, and it is well, and I'm thankful what God's done. On a bad day, we're saying, God, I'm singing this today, hoping that you're going to get me to a place where this rings true today. When we sing, where he leads, I'll follow. On a good day, we're like, yes, here I go, God, whatever you want me to do, whatever happens next week, whatever, whoever I run across, yes, I'm following you, whatever your plan is. On a bad day, we're looking at the person next to you and saying, well, at least you're singing this, so if you're going, I'm going too. <laughs> like, like that, that, that's what happens in worship, is, is the words start to like help us speak about, to talk about, to experience the faith that we have. And so the same thing. And so Paul ends up quoting a psalm when he talks about Jesus and who Jesus was. And the psalm he quotes is Psalm 16, verse 10, which says, Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. And so as a song that they would have sang this, the, or a, song, a psalm that they would have prayed. This would have been a prayer in, in the darkest of moments, in the valley of the shadow of death. This would, have been, this would have been one of those, okay, God, I feel like death is on the horizon. There, there's illness or there's enemy or there's whatever it is that's coming against me. But we know that you won't abandon us. 
you'll be with us today, or there'll be some other greater promise in the future. And this was a part of their song, a part of, part of their worship to help them identify where God was moving, what he was about. And Peter says to them in this wonderful way, here's this song that you've internalized. And he says, I want you to know Jesus is the embodiment of that faithful one. Jesus is the embodiment of there is hope even in the face of death, that you are not abandoned and that God has a greater plan. And so in Jesus Christ, he shares within the resurrection and they start, and they start to realize, oh, there's something more. You see, the Holy Spirit worked in the words of Peter precisely in their situation and they repented and they believed. Uh, I think the story of Pentecost is a story that the Holy Spirit will help us use the words and our culture and our language and our situation to be able to speak God's hope, God's plan for all of us. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks, what would happen if, um, if, if when we're talking with someone about our faith or about our church or about our God, about something that God's done in our life, and we say something to someone, and the next time someone says, oh, I've never heard it that way before, or someone says, oh, well, that's news to me. Oh, oh, well, that makes sense in a different way than it's made sense before. What if we said, yeah, it's amazing how sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to us in just that moment, in just the way that we need to hear an invitation to receive, indeed, what the Holy Spirit wants to do in the lives of those who are hearing something about Jesus in a way that they've never heard before. And so this, so this is what Peter does in Acts, just before this wonderful scene. And, and they start to pray, and they start to have hope, and they start to realize all this is found in Jesus Christ. And then it gets to where we read today. And they start to realize life is lived differently now. And it is an ideal moment in the life of the church. What is an ideal day for you? An ideal moment. Is it the Thanksgiving table? Christmas morning? A game night with friends? Sitting at the beach? Maybe going to the shore, enjoying nice weather and good laughs with fellow believers? Well, that was our hope yesterday, before the storm scared your pastor away. <laughs> but, I, but one thing I didn't realize, like, like I, thought, um, uh, I, I thought, okay, you know, here it comes, we'll, we'll be done with this. But it turned out uh, that day, the only thing we would have struggled with was like the wind blowing our plates away. <laughs> Other than that, it was fine. Well, that and the parking. The parking, right? Because uh, one thing I didn't realize, because I'm not a native Mainer, I've only been here eight years, I'm still, I guess I'm still a poser, and I learned that yesterday, is if, if, if a tropical storm just barely misses, <laughs> it is time to go to the beach, <laughs> because the waves are amazing, and I had no clue until Diane told me, I can't even get home. The line is so long out of this park. And sure enough, I had friends posting selfies with the waves, and I had one person say, this is the best hurricane ever. <laughs> like, it was just one of those kind of moments where it's like we're just enjoying this kind of this day, this beauty, this moment. Uh, we imagine kind of moments with friends, with family, that as long as we know we're safe and we can encounter life together in excellent moments or phenomenal moments, that it is important. And in this is an ideal moment for the church. It is a picture I don't think we're going to see again. And he says, 
that after hearing the gospel of Jesus, they repent and they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Well, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, of course, means they heard regularly from the apostles. They heard regularly from them and from their disciples to hear about who Jesus was and what they did. For us today, the closest we get to the apostles is by the words that they've written down in Scripture. And so this is why we read from Scripture every week in church. It's why we hold Scripture up and call it holy, is because it is the words of the apostles introducing us to the Holy Lord our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we learn in the reading of these scriptures not only who He is and how God has indeed loved and desired fellowship with us, but we also learn in this that the Holy Spirit continues to work and pour Himself out on the church and among believers when we read these scriptures. And so in church, we make a pretty big deal of reading scripture regularly every week. That's also why we encourage you to read throughout the week through our intersections uh, handout. Because by devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, we find indeed that we are being shaped to be the kind of people God wants so that we might be able to live the kind of life together that the church has been called to live. And so they devote themselves, it says, to the breaking of bread. Now on the one hand can't help but think this is just the fellowship of believers who have learned to eat together and to live together and enjoy life together. But without a doubt, even at, by this point in time of the church, that uh, Jesus breaking the bread with his disciples had already become a practice, a way for them to say, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And so it became a practice of what they did in worship. And when they gathered together, they had bread together and remembered that Jesus said, this is my body and this is my blood. And to say those words is to say in a sense that Jesus has indeed embodied the hope that Peter has just shared with them. He has embodied the hope of the resurrection. He has embodied the hope for God does not abandon us. God will not let us see decay. God has a plan and a future for us. And he has embodied indeed God's plan of love and grace and how we are to live in this world. And so breaking bread together is learning to live together as Jesus lived with us and to the prayers. And so they regularly committed themselves to, okay, God, what's your plan for me today? Okay, God, what do you want out of me as I go about my work, as I go about my day? How do I honor you with the way in which I live today? Living in our world with that kind of prayer creates a countercultural moment in our life. It means that we are not just going to continue on through our days living and acting the same way everyone else around us does, but recognizing that God has a greater calling for us, a greater purpose. And so we will respond in ways that show God's love and ways that show we can take care of one another. This is a part of what is happening here in this picture in Acts chapter 2. They're no longer doing the classic struggle and fight over who can get ahead of the next person. They have everything in common. And they are spending this time praising God and living well together. I wish disciples always had this kind of picture in mind. Everyone's taking care of each other's needs. 
There's joyful, there's generous hearts. This is the ideal church. This is the ideal moment. I can't help but think this event comes precisely as we are receptive of the Holy Spirit's work in our life to when we are also saying, I'm willing to commit to the scriptures, to the apostles' teaching. I'm willing to commit to the breaking of bread and fellowship, that is, to worship. I'm willing to commit to prayer, not just this day, but each day of coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, what's your will for me today? In doing that, I think that we will find we get closer and closer to God's plan for us and for the church. And one of the things that we learn from Scripture, from devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, is that the difficulties of life and discipleship, that throughout all that, there is still a God who is with us and a God who compels us. That, we've, that what we find, even in the passage of Scripture we read before this one, is that God is with his people through those moments. What we learn from the breaking of bread together is that this journey that we are on, this life, is one in which we are not alone. We come to the table together. We eat together. We care for one another, and we remind ourselves that the grace of God is the greatest food for our soul. And finally, we realize that when we pray together, we make it a habit to ask the Lord for his help where our needs are and to give thanks to the Lord for where he has provided, that we put ourselves before the Lord who has indeed promised us the resurrection, the life after death. The passage ends by saying day by day, he added to the number those who were being saved. They, they come, they confess, and uh, they hear Peter's message, and they say, I want to know more about this Lord. Now, I have heard this passage emphasized again and again the phrase used in the NIV translation. I did the NRSV. It said, and daily the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. And... Um, on the one hand, I do like that very much because it reminds us the impetus every day to be engaged in the work of the Lord. And evangelists and missionaries and church leaders remind me again and again and again how being in touch with the power of the Holy Spirit made a daily impact. And every day they're growing. It was like church growth explosion is uh, the way it was explained to me. Every day the Lord is adding who is saved. And it's and it is true, this is the time of the church exploding. But sometimes, and I'm okay with a little bit of guilt, but I've often, I've often find myself, when hearing it put that way, with a little bit of guilt. A little bit of, okay, well every single day I haven't led someone to Christ, what does that mean for me then? Every single day, if it's happening every day, what does that mean when it doesn't happen? Does that mean we're not close enough? And I find a little bit of comfort in the way that the NRSV puts it, the way I, the version I, I read for you today. And day by day, he added to the number those who were being saved. Day by day. If I ask you, how do you live day by day? What kinds of things do you do day by day? And you, you would be able to talk about some practices that you do pretty regularly. Almost daily. <laughs> you, you talk about the kinds of patterns that make up who you are and uh, make up your life and the connections and the relationships that you have. And I can't help but think that this, this, the pattern of how we are to live before God, that is one of those that perhaps we will be able to say as we look back, as the writer of this looks back and say, yeah, day by day, the Lord made a difference. Yes, day by day, 
because I was faithful day by day, because I attended to the apostles' teaching day by day and to the prayer day by day. Yes, God was adding to the number those who were being saved. I can't help but find that this passage in Acts is, is a moment for us to see there is a beautiful picture in here and is a picture that is, that is shared and, be, and be, comes alive because of the faithfulness of people who just say, day by day, let's see what God's going to do in my life, in my work, and what happens next. To be surprised indeed at the moments that the Lord gives us to be able to speak His goodness and to share what He is doing in the lives of those around us. And we will be surprised by just how many God brings into the fold because of our faithfulness each and every day. Uh, church, I, I am looking forward to um, uh, our next gathering together. Yeah, next Sunday. Uh, we missed out on the picnic. Let's grill out together. We'll break bread, and it'll, it won't just be a wafer. There'll be buns and other things as well. <laughs> we'll have time together. We will, um, uh, uh, we will, of course, continue to commit ourselves to uh, how the Lord wants to reveal himself in scriptures and in prayer. And you're invited to join us in those moments, whether it is a, a midweek thing that is happening that you see in the bulletin, or it is just just reading something on your own, whether it is this handout, a daily bread, or another discipleship opportunity. Say, yeah, I want to be about hearing and being in touch with what the Lord is doing and wants to do in my life. Let us remember, he has a plan and a picture for who, uh, who we can be. And I can't help but think this passage in Acts is like a small glimpse of heaven. In this moment, in that, in that moment in time, and if you've read Acts, you know, it's going to go downhill, but... In that moment in time, they got to see in the nearness of the Holy Spirit, they find themselves in the presence of God. And it's like a little picture of heaven. That there is, a, there is a place and a picture in which he says, we are called to live and love together well, to share life together, and to make sure all needs are taken care of. And to that, he welcomes us into it. And our calling is to try our best in this world to be a disciples to that hope and that promise God has. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, uh, uh, this prayer (laughs) is not just for them, it's for me as well. Heavenly Father, I pray that uh, you would help us to be attentive to uh, the work you want to do in our life to draw us closer to you, to help us to live each day faithfully to you, to find that uh, our concerns would not just be about the next thing that we have to get done, but how we can be faithful for you in the moment you have given us, and how the daily operations that we are engaged in can be prayerful moments, can be missional moments, and Heavenly Father, we are, we're just asking for uh, the presence of your Holy Spirit to be with us and to help us see ways in which we can take the words, the comforts, and the concerns of the day and turn it to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Thank you for your Son who was given for us and for our salvation. Would you help us to be faithful to him 
Today we pray this in His name. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. More sermons are available online at our website, capenazarene.org. Our website also includes instructions for subscribing to our podcast so you can have a message delivered to you weekly. May God bless you abundantly as you serve Him today.